What are we afraid of? It's a question we have to ask ourselves when it comes to metanya and repentance and confession. But I must admit, a knee-jerk reaction to having sinned is not to want to admit it to myself. Or, number two, to avoid going to confession and asking for forgiveness. You might say it's human nature to be ashamed, but what are we afraid of? John tells us in his first epistle, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Now I know this sounds very binary and an uncool way of thinking about life and nature and the way God made me. Why all the negativity? Why all the criticism? Go with the flow, lighten up, which of course is very attractive to modern ears. But back to St. John. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. As they say, the proof is in the pudding. If sin is just a social construct or imposition of a religious hierarchy, then it really doesn't exist. And guilt is just the result of bad psychology and an unhealthy attempt at control and meddling in other people's business. Sound familiar? This is fine as far as it goes. In that world, peace, contentment, and thanksgiving are not the result of right living and communion with God, but rather Environmental controls, good food, exercise, education, social justice, the right meds in the right doses. All things we can control or try to control. And yet, there is something intangible, something beyond that we can't quite command or eliminate. It is a sense of right and wrong, an unquantifiable angst when we disobey our conscience. Paul is speaking of the Gentiles who do not have the law when he writes, they show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. The conscience is an essential part of our being and we ignore or deny it at our own peril. But if we embrace it, 
and obey its guidance and dictates if we do everything we can to make it healthy, then the result will be a healthy conscience, a healthy person, and a healthy way of being. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins. Indeed, what are we afraid of? But as St. John Chrysostom says, he points out, pay attention carefully. After the sin comes the shame. Courage follows repentance. Did you pay attention to what I said? Satan upsets the order. He gives the courage to sin and shame to repentance. That's what Father Christodoulos calls good shame and bad shame. Good shame brings dignity through accepting responsibility. Bad shame makes us embarrassed and unwilling to admit our wrongdoing. And thus we never taste freedom, forgiveness, God's mercy and love. We kind of muddle through it until we forget or it goes away. Through avoidance, we also avoid the vivifying grace of God. So, we never really feel fully alive. So let's look at the dynamic of the prodigal son. What does he do? He exercises his free will. He asks for what is his. His share, his portion, his opportunity, his inheritance. And he takes it out, and what's he do? He squanders it in shallow living. And as time progresses, the story goes, he ends up in the gutter. Without food, without opportunity, without hope, at the basis point of his life life. And what's he do? He recognizes what he's done. He admits it. He takes responsibility. He says, back at my father's house, even the servants are fed well. I know I'm not worthy to be called a son, but at least I won't live like this. So he recognizes and he reclaims his humanity. He metanoite. He repents. He goes back to his father prepared to give a big speech and to accept a position of low order because of what he has done. But lo and behold, his father sees him far off. His father's been watching. His father's been waiting. His father did not go out and get him and grab him by the air and say, you fool. Because that would do no good. Because there was no admission in the heart. There was no claim of responsibility. There was no ownership. He couldn't impose repentance on his son. He had to wait for him to come to his senses. And he did. And he rejoiced when he saw his son because he knew his son 
was alive again. He'd come to his right mind. And he didn't punish him. He didn't say, get inside. Where have you been? Who do you think you are? He brings out the robe, the ring, the calf, the staff. This is a celebration. So what is there to be afraid of? Well, apparently, afraid of the truth. Until you're not. And then once you recognize the truth, you are free. You're free to run to Christ. You're free to be forgiven. You're free to experience His love. And to be restored. Socinesis puts this dynamic on a societal scale for our culture for the last couple of centuries. He says, to the ill-considered hopes of the last two centuries, which, which have reduced us to insignificance and brought us to the brink of nuclear and non-nuclear death, we can propose only a determined gust quest, a determined quest for the warm hand of God. That's what we should be afraid of. Missing that opportunity to return to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.